but director of Brightspark Foundation South Africa. He was here yesterday and he's on now. Hashtag Tuesday Takeover. That's the day and it is his day as our guest. My man, welcome to Bye, Danke. Bye, Danke. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm excited. So yesterday we talked about things which are not many people's experiences, although they are a significant part of society, sort of get lured into that life, specifically gangsterism and the challenges that come with that. Perhaps I, 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 I'm not going to try and speak over you or for you, but it would be an opportune time to use this platform, your experience, to speak to young people, but as much as you would be speaking to young people, to speak to their parents, to engage honestly and openly about the challenges our society faces and the constant lure in the direction of that life, that antisocial life that comes with its challenges and, well, ultimately there are no winners. So it's a question of how do we ensure we build the necessary resilience. And the formula, as you had mentioned last night, is not the most difficult one. Parents who are present in their children's lives, those children are locked. Gangsters and all these sort of influences that ultimately take them down cannot penetrate that space because the necessary attention and affirmation and identity really is given to the child. Perhaps you might just want to take it off from there as just to set the scene for what is to come in the conversation with the brothers here. Yeah, no, that that that's definitely definitely what we want to do today, and and I'm really happy that we are given this opportunity to just basically um, also want to invite mothers, fathers, uh, brothers, aunts out there that are that are having kids that are currently struggling, um, that they must come and sit close and listen to the show today because we're going to take this a bit deeper, um, and we really want to make a, a great impact in their lives and say that there is hope. Um, and, and once they listen to this conversation, there's also help that they can get in understanding uh, these challenges that these kids are going through. The most obvious thing, I mean, just when I looked at you and we sort of had a banter yesterday when you were leaving last night, and, and this is just me being self-indulgent. What's up with the tattoos? What's up with the rings? Just what, and, and, and the gold teeth. And if I'm intrusive, you let me know and you tell me to bugger right off and I'll do just that. But can you just sort of, satisfy my curiosity i mean when i look at a gangster a lot of the time i can pretty much just tell yeah no you know it if, if you've watched um there was this show called isidingo where where's georgie zamdela had all these papa rings yeah, yeah papa yeah. g you know and it was called so like young people are always fascinated by things that are shiny you know the the, the bling as you know our generation and what happens is that when you have these things on kids normally ask uh, I wonder what it's like to be like him. I wonder what it's like to have what he has. So that's also kind of like a way of luring them into your space that you can have this conversation. And I felt like if the gangs can use that, why can't we use it as well? And just basically have a, a positive spin-off on that. You know, when kids come and ask, welcome, you know, we love your rings. And I was like, oh, cool, let's, let me tell you the story about the rings. Let me tell you a story about the bling. And then that's how we basically get to engage with them and have awesome discussions and stories. If you know who my guest is, because you were listening last night specifically at 10 to 10 until the top of that hour on SAFM Viewpoint, you're welcome to give me a shout. They may, I'm not saying they will, there may be a prize in store for you. But just in case you were not listening yesterday, he's not going to tell us his name, but in the three and a half minutes that remain, he's going to give us, well, in three and a half minutes, a synopsis of his life, particularly the dangerous path he walked, but fortunately he has seen the other side of 
Yeah. So for me, um, I joined the gangs when I was 12 years old um, because of an absent father predominantly, um, not having a role model or someone to really lead me to do something which I need to do. Arrested at the age of 17 um, and sentenced to 23 years in prison in one of the most uh, five deadliest prisons in the world called Paulsmore Prison. Um, and from there, um, I became completely loose and I just did things that I wasn't happy about. But um, after spending 14 years in prison, I kind of like found myself and had to rebuild and, and rebrand and become the person that I am today, a responsible father, uh, a man of integrity, a role model, um, not in a negative, but in the positive way. So, yeah, that's my story in a nutshell. But there's so much that we're going to unpack tonight so that people can get a little bit more mm-hmm. of the past, but also a bit much of the present and the future. That's important. How many years did you spend? 14? I spent 14 out years. Out of 23? Out of 23. Parole, good behavior? Parole, good behavior, because I, I decided to leave the number. You know, when I, when I resigned from the numbers gang, because I was in the 28s, I decided to resign. And because I resigned, that's kind of like a good thing in prison. And I started to just basically focus on education. Did uh, that not leave you vulnerable, though, among the gang members? 28 it, spe- it did, it did. But there was this, 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 like they use this term that says there's honor amongst thieves. So there's a, there's a way in which things are being dealt with. And I had to undergo those procedures as well. And we'll unpack those things as, as, the, t- as the time goes. Is it appropriate to tell us what 28 means? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, in South African prisons, there's, there's, no, there's no street gangs in prison. Um, when you go into a South African prison, it is just three numbers. It's 26s, 27s, and 28s. And you need to choose one of them. If you don't choose one of them, then obviously you'll be known as a France, you know, Italala in Corsa. A person doesn't know anything. But if you choose one of those numbers, then that is what's going to happen. So the 28s are, you know, widely known as the, the ones that basically control uh, the prison, parts of it. The 27s are the ones that keeps the order. And the 26s are the ones that basically make the money. They are the ones that have the, 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 the upper hand at making business. They sell everything in prison. So that's where you get the, the three-number system, and that's how it basically works in prison. Do you feel, this is the final question, because I've had a couple of persons who have sort of been in the environment of prisons. Do you feel as though the South African system, forget the fact that the person is in prison and forget for a moment what he or she would have done to land oneself there, the IP that's circulating there. I mean, these are people who've cracked codes in society, who've mm. found weaknesses in society, bar being careless here or there, or simply having somebody sort of blow their cover. They have been able to penetrate certain spaces and systems. Do you believe there is a way to reintegrate those brains in society, to use them whilst they perhaps are still incarcerated? A crude example, but nonetheless relevant, hackers. Persons who are hackers, if anything, they have just shown the system to be vulnerable and they have shown specifically where the system is vulnerable. Pr- persons who are in prison, no less in many respects, and the amount of time you guys have there to sharpen your thinking and your ability in a way to contribute to South Africa, how could that be better arranged so that whatever is there remains nonetheless useful whilst you are there or at least most certainly when you immediately leave? I think that that is what what, what many people are advocating for. I mean, we know that the global uh, governments, they use um, offenders either inside or outside prison. America is very well known for that, where they use people to combat fraud. 
um, especially fraudsters, you know, they identify, these people are able to identify the types of frauds and the American uh, Justice Department uses these people. It's just South Africa that's a bit lacking, um, constantly thinking that, you know what, because these people have criminal records, we cannot trust them. And that's the basis of, of what we're trying to say is that imagine if you could use this person in a positive manner, if you could use this person to say, use those skills that you that you manipulated that you influenced that you broke uh, society apart to rebuild society again because this person just wants a second chance and what better place to get a second chance but from the communities that he has broken and that's the and that's what we're advocating for and everybody is worth a second chance well after the ad break it is his second bite at the cherry as it were he was here last night he is here tonight hashtag tuesday takeover nobody has called me to tell me who the guest is well after the break he's going to introduce himself one more time he's going to introduce his colleagues here on the platform and we're going to get right into it after the break please show your love and respect call in after this nothing conventional on the viewpoint on SAFM. on the viewpoint hello hello everyone hello SAFM family my name is welcome Vidboy. and um like 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 songezo said i was here yesterday and we're going to continue our conversation today because i feel that this is one of the most important topics um currently at play in our society we had a lot of drama a lot of dynamics happening in our community um and this is one of the topics that's really really close to my heart and i hope that we can all just talk about this i've got uh, one of my awesomest guests with me today um pastor kurt van yerden will introduce himself obviously and he'll tell you a little bit more about what he does thank you pastor thank you for coming today thank you so much for having me here good evening to all the listeners i am pastor kurt van yerden and i am the ceo and founder of a drug and rehabilitation center which primarily focuses on not only cleaning the addict but also producing the leader yeah, and we'll also talk about the fact that, the, that there's a connection between having the drugs and also how young people are sometimes influenced um, to join gangs because of their, their connections. Most definitely. Yeah, we're taking most drugs definitely. and stuff like that. And that, for me, is the most important thing. Um, I also have Lindsay in the, in, the, in the studio with me today. Lindsay, please introduce yes. yourself. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Lindsay Holland. Um, I am with Pastor Kurt, and I am a full-time member at uh, Institution of Grace. Yeah, and it's I-O-G. Yes, okay, guys, I thank G. you so much. I really appreciate the fact that you can we can share this. And I really want to invite parents um, that have kids, that have young people, that have boys, girls, um, uncles, uh, brothers that are struggling um, with addiction, um, young people that are caught in gangs that really want to know what they must do to get out of this uh, negative space, a negative environment. I feel it's important to look at all these dynamics as to how we're going to basically focus more on on this as we talk about what we need to do moving forward so Lindsay um, I'm gonna start with you I think I want to talk about parents and the roles parents play in the lives of young people and you as a father yourself what has your journey been thus far and how has it been for you I mean you're sitting here today you're an awesome dad you're an awesome man but it wasn't just about that there's there's much more to your life than just what we know um, yes, Mr. Welcome. So um, I grew up in El Dorado Park. Um, my, uh, my father was wasn't there. Um, I found out, I think, when I was 18 years old that my pa my, my dad passed away. Um, my mom, um, a struggling single parent, 
so it, it it basically it pushed me in the direction of you know seeking validation seeking attention um, by the wrong friends and later on it just ended it, it ended up like me using um, crystal meth and mandrax you know for 18 years and by that time um, my daughter was six years old but I had no relationship with her. Um, reason for that is because also I, I never knew how to be a father. Um, you know, always looking for, like I said, that validation um, for a father figure, um, but I never knew how. And as my journey um, went on, um, I met Pastor Kurt and Pastor Nello, um, along with their um, wives, Pastor Odette and Pastor Brownwell. And then um, I booked into the Institution of Grace. Um, my journey, I, I've been with, with Pastor Kurt and Pastor Nelanem, I think for almost six, six years, if I'm not mistaken. And um, not having a father and um, growing closer to Pastor Kurt and Pastor Nelanem and them um, being that, that father figure in my life, they taught me a lot of things, you know, how to be a man, how to stand up for yourself. And because of that journey, um, I started um, getting involved more into my daughter's life, you know. Um, it took few a few years, you know, struggles here and there, but um, like I said, not having a father, not having someone to speak into that world, um, but finding that um, um, voice eventually, it helped me. It helped me so so much. And I think, and I think, if I can take from what you're saying, especially to parents out there, the the, the link between the importance of of a mom or dad in a child's life. And also realizing the impact that it had for you not having a father. And also realizing that if if your dad was there, things would have been very different. Um, I'm not saying that if your dad was there, you might not have done what you've done. But the influence or the manipulation might have been lowered. You know, and I think that's that's the that's the greatest focus that we want to look at is like how do we get more parents involved in their children's lives? Because I know that many people will say to me, or many parents sometimes say to me, but welcome I am there for my child. The fact that you are there in the house, you know, the fact that you are bodily there does not necessarily mean that you are emotionally available. And I think for us, that's the conversation that we want to have. Uh, Pastor Kurt, how, how do you feel uh, about this topic, especially with, 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 with absent parents? Um, yeah. I think out of all the ills that there are within the communities, what we really need to be looking at is not so much absent fathers, but a lack of fathering. There's a big difference between the two. Mm. There's a difference between someone having a father and someone being fathered. You know, I always say this in our drug and rehabilitation center. The recovering addict who is not fathered will give in to the temptation when he is tempted. Mm. So we need to have the father and son relationship restored. I believe we're living in a time where the hearts of the fathers must turn first to the hearts of the sons. And when that turning happens from the hearts of the fathers to the hearts of the sons, then the hearts of the sons will turn to the hearts of the fathers. And when that turning happens, we will see great restoration start taking place in the lives not only of individuals, but we'll start seeing great impact within our communities as a whole. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's, it's, it's an important message that you're giving, Pastor Kurt, with regards to uh, the hearts of the fathers turning to, the, to their sons. But when the sons are healed, when, when there's restoration taking place in, in the lives of sons, women are treated better. Our girls are treated better. I think that we have this, 
I think that we, we, it's time for us to look at how do we deal with the situation from a holistic point of view. Um, we have a lot of campaigns, but sometimes we do not speak to the heart of the matter. And I think if I look at my own life, where I come from, I mean, I, I would not have, I don't think that I would have gone to prison if I had my father. I'm not blaming him for having gone to prison. I'm not saying that it's because my father wasn't there that I went to prison, but I do feel that if he was more involved in my life, I would have been able to go to him and say, Dad, I need help. Dad, I need support. And then he would have been able to help me deal with certain things in a certain way. I mean, I think that in, in many cases, there's a lot of dynamics that comes with that. I mean, even as a father yourself today, realizing that you've, 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 been, you've been out of touch with your own children, Lindsay, what was it like for you to regain their, their trust? I mean, it was, I, I, I do believe that it was quite hard. Um, yes, Mr. Welcome, um, especially with my daughter, she's a teenager now. Um, it's, been, it's been difficult, you know, um, trying to fill those, those um, years that have, that have not been there for her um, in terms of, um, you know, she's going through um, issues where she needs someone to speak to. So for, for our relationship to grow, um, she has to trust me. So there's there's um, there's certain things that we that we speak about, and there's certain things that she doesn't want to speak to me about. So yes, it's 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 quite a journey, you know. SAFM one hundred four to one hundred seven nationwide, leading the conversation. Family, we are back, and I'm so happy that we are back. And and, and I, I love what 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 Pastor Kurt just talked about restoration and how we can basically all work towards that because that is truly what we are seeking in this uh, in our country today. Do I have um, Tabo on the line from Welcome Tabo? Please, uh, from Welcome, from my namesake. Yes, yes, Do you have any questions? Yes. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, good evening, uh, you and the, and the guests. And I say from this not. You know, uh, um, this topic is very, very close to my heart. I have a very personal experience as well, just like a... Uh, 40 plus years old who grew up without a father. Mm. My father did not disappear. Uh, he just passed on when I was only one year old. So um, my mother told me a lot about my father. What came out of what she told me was your father was abusive. Mm. Then I stayed with that for almost all of my life without, you know, I never wanted anything to do with, with a man. I was overmothered to the point that when I was overmothered, you imagine I was born with uh, two uh, siblings. These siblings are older than me. I also ladies. And then you go and marry, obviously, as a heterosexual man, you marry a woman, have a girl children. All of my life, I was always, was always women. Until at the age of 41, and then I realized that something is missing. Mm. And when I thought that something is missing, was the man in me, I could feel that I'm not a man. I'm, I'm raising girls with that spirit of a woman because I've been overmothered all these years. I started looking for uh, male figures at the age of 40 plus. Then started reading materials about men, and I've realized that I've lost a lot all these years. What I like about all these years is because I never committed any 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 crime or something that uh, I had to pay the big price about that. So, but it has it had a lot of took a toll on me because now that I am at this age, that's when I'm realizing that I lack a lot 
a father in in the child's life is very very important. No. We are being told that these ones are they were born with uh, uh, nurturing skills and all of those those things. Yes, they have that, but you know the father in the child's life is needed not only to boys, even to girls. Once you come, I come closer to my girls. Anything that they fail to do, but immediately when I appear as a father, they make sure that they do it and succeed. Without pushing them or fighting with them, that voice, it, 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 and thank. That is the reason why I ended up looking at them and said, but they are being raised by a woman in a man's body. Mm. Let me find uh, male figures at my age and deliberate much more with men so that I can raise children as a father, not as a woman who has been as a feminine, with a feminine spirit that I had all this while. No, thank you, so, Tabo. We really, we really appreciate that story. And I mean, it's, it's really quite true. Let's, um, we've got Anon in Cape Town. Anonymous in Cape Town. Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, the most important thing is that for me personally, I've been brought up by very strong woman. But all I can say, each and every man is the captain of his own destiny, mm. whether the father is there or not. You know, if you want to choose the right path, you will follow the right path. I will tell you one thing, there can be a father in one man's life, but unfortunately, that man can be a malediction. What do I mean about that? Although you are brought up by the mother, you become a man of your own and do things the right way. But on the other hand, that can be a blessing because you might be avoiding a man that could have been abusive towards your mother. He can be abusive towards you. What I'm saying, as well as much as people can be brought up by their fathers, if their fathers are irresponsible, that comes to naught as well. Mm. That, that's basically what I'm saying. Thank Each you. and every person is a uh, captain of his own destination, irrespective of whether he's been brought up by the father or not. Thanks yeah. very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, I, I, I think that I, I, I completely agree with, 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 with our first caller, Tabo. I mean, even when I was in prison, you know, you, you, you normally move towards that group of men that are, that are susceptible to violence because you feel like there's this anger inside of you that you have not dealt with, this hate, this, this, this feeling of there's a lack of something in you. So you move to a crowd of men because you, 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 can, you can relate to them. And in your head, you're trying to say to yourself that if my father would have had this relationship with me, this might have been my father. Stern, strong, doesn't take any nonsense. You know, and I think that, that that's the type of psychological uh, dynamics that goes on in our heads. We, we, we tend to move towards that because we feel that is, that, is, that is who we are. That is what we need to be. That is why we are drawn to these men for those specific reasons, because we're looking for strong fathers, because we never had our fathers in our lives. And I think that's the, that's the lack. And I think, yeah, what, what, what can you say on that, Lindsay? Yeah, no, no, definitely um, welcome. So for me... Um, it was it was always looking for for someone that can that can just applaud me, you know. Um, even if you were doing wrong, that person was still just nod you and said, "Nay, this is this is good. You can do this. You can do that." You know, and 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 further on, and you just find yourself ending around with gangs, um, hanging around um, by places that doesn't make sense, you know. And and you feel you feel okay there, man. You feel you feel you feel loved there. You feel accepted there, you know. 
um, yeah, that's that's about it. I think yeah. I think Pastor Kurt once mentioned his relationship with. I I think it's pertinent as we as we look at what Tabo said, even anonymous, sure. like your relationship with your father, what it was, and how it even made you the man that you are today. Sure, sure. I think I think when we speak about fathers, I I share a different belief on that. Mm. I believe there's your natural father. And there's your spiritual father, which mm. some people might not believe in, but mm. I believe in that, right? And I believe in the absence of fathering. You don't grow as a man. You only grow by age, but you don't mature as a man. It's only when there's another man who speaks into you as a boy that you become that man from being a boy. And that's why being under someone who fathers you is so important. Hence, I spoke about the importance of, being a f- of having a father and being fathered. There's a big difference between the two. When you are a child, you think like a child. You speak like a child. You reason like a child. But when you become a man, you become a man through another man fathering you through the ways in which must be established in your life. That's critical. That's important. Hence, I want to refer back to my initial statement is in the absence of the hearts of the fathers turning to the sons, We are raising broken men. And whenever we raise broken men, we hear children cry through the voices of men. Wow. That's so profound. And I mean, I think that 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 is really, really something that we need to look at and also basically call out on that. Um, um, Now let's go to voice notes. If you want to send yours, uh, please use um, 061-410-4107. Let me say that again. 061 410-4107. Good morning there, Mr. Wilson and your guest. I hope I got your setting correct. Uh, you, you are touching on the most sensitive and important conversation. It comes after uh, Oliver Dixon played uh, R. Kelly and he, he ruffled some feathers. So it just came to my mind that it must be hard for an, an ex-convict to be out there and live his life normal again. So that's, that's the comment I just want to make. That's Pimen Nkun. Good evening, Shangazo and your guest there. My question tonight is, if someone gets incarcerated, isn't it the government's obligation to protect that person while in prison because he's confined in there how come then some people go in healthy and they come out hiv positive and they come like worse off some have been bitten up there in prison by other prisoners what does the government say because i mean if somebody goes in there and uh, He's been sentenced really for. Oh, chiefs of the house. Uh, I'm very much worried, dear man, uh, about where these programs actually are being implemented. As much as I'm very much worried where the church actually is being attended by. You see, you find out normally that these kind of uh, good programs are there. 
they are only listened into by the people of whom they are the very same as the ones who have just considered to go to church you see you're better of the uh, uh, better person if you can just consider to go to church than a person who does not uh, even consider to going to church so these programs then therefore which means they are like a, a church which is uh, an incorrect uh, business model which uh, uh, only water the roots which has already been watered so that is the only concern that i'm having if ever maybe you can answer me on that one may god bless you anonymous hallelujah amen thank you so much uh, we really we really appreciate those voice notes and i think we're gonna we're gonna try to respond to some of the the voice notes um i, I want us particularly touch on 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 one of the callers or one of the voice notes that we received was government needs to take care of of offenders that are in prison um and i think that does happen um i mean being being an ex-offender myself and having been there i do know that there's a lot of that happening where you are protected against certain things but um there are times when you have to fend for yourself you know um there's this there's this uh the movie that i played in which was called um the forgiven and, and in this movie i do use the term of saying this is not your mother's house it's like it's really not a place where you can just be be be, be nurtured and cared for. It's a place that actually also makes you a bit tough, um, because you must remember that we went to prison because we've done something to society. Um, but 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 prison does offer care. They do offer support. They do offer many of those programs that help us to basically. I think for me personally, um, I I attended programs like restorative justice where I learned about forgiveness, um, anger management, and various dynamics. Um, I did go to those programs. Um, Pastor, is there any other light that you want to share on the on the no, uh, the voice notes that we received? I think what was for me what was this, the one who stood out the most was this forty forty one year old. This forty one year old says, as he grew up, something was missing in his life, and it was the voice and the stern voice of a father. Mm. So he grew up with a mother trying to play the role of a father, and that was never going to happen in his life. So he grew up and he started realizing, hey, there's something missing here. So he grew to a point where he might have started loving his wife through the lens of what he should have received from his father. Mm. So instead of him being a husband, he is now the adult child that is putting pressure on the wife to love him in ways that his father should have. So it's constantly seeping out in ways that he can't explain because hurt is often a mystery before it can be articulated as a conclusion. Oh, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Lindsay, do you have anything that you want to share on this voice? Um, no, no, nothing. Yeah, and I think it's important for us to also remember that I, I like what you're saying, Pastor, is that we, we have the tendency that we, we operate and we love from a place of void, you know, where we sometimes feel like there's something missing in us. And therefore, the people that we have in our lives, we, we tend to like, you know, we want them to see this. Um, if you have just joined SFM Viewpoint, I'm welcome, Vidboy. Um, uh, today's Tuesday takeover, uh, and we're discussing choices and consequences of drugs, gangsterism. Uh, my guests are part, uh, Pastor Kurt and Lindsay Holland, and and we really just wanna we're talking uh, we're talking about fathers, um, but we're also talking about the, f the the consequences of what can happen if fathers or parents do not play a pivotal role in the lives of their children, in the lives of, 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 of family, you know, and I think that's the most important thing. So um, I want us to really, um, if there's any family members out there that really need help, that really need support, please do not hesitate uh, to call the, the, the line that we've given you um, and then ask the questions that you feel is important for you to get the help that you need to get. And yeah, I mean, Pastor is here, uh, Lindsay is here. There's, there's three men with a lot of, a lot of experience let me read uh, let me read the, the
the number for you again is 086-000-2032. And we are almost there and we're going to be on our way to um, an ad break soon. And when we come back from the ad, we will continue to dive into much more of these important topics that could be uh, a game changer. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Yeah, let's take uh, Johnny from Krebecha. Um, please, Johnny, um, we're listening. Shop, welcome. How are you, sir? I am doing exceptionally well. How are you, my brother? Um, I'm, I'm, I've just got some little bumps in my head <laughs> that I want to get some counsel on. Um, to cut a long story short, I'm, I'm 65 years old. I present as a white-skinned guy. But I've got bushy hair, like uh, Richard John Smith, you know? <laughs> and and so my life story has been, like, hated hated by the Boers and hated by the the the, the, the old Afrikaner regime. Um, and I wasn't able to fit in. The only place I could fit in would be, like, uh, Blumendal and Heiderdal and the, the various places with my colored people, my people. I felt it. They were my people. Mm. Now, I've got bitterness about that because you're, 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 you're kind of too, too, too white to be black and too black to be white. And in my house, my dad was a secret gambler. He's a very talented footballer. So he was a present father in the house, but he wasn't present, if you know what I mean. Mm. He was an invisible guy because every time you said to him, Hey, Papa, Papa, Chiki Moi, Tanakikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikikik
Good evening. Miles, yeah, you're on air? Yes, it's Tsong It's welcome speaking. Welcome. Listen here. This is Miles Budu from a, a veteran prisoner's rights and victims' rights activist. I know I you. Heard, I know you. Yeah. I, I heard uh, the premier made a passionate call to let this drug addicts come to him. He'll send them to a farm. And I would suggest that he make a similar call to open up talks, not negotiation, talks with gangsters and drug dealers. He must invite them to say, guys, I want to have a two-day discussion with you, and we were going to talk about this drug, uh, drug thing. We're going to talk and speak about uh, this uh, gangsterism in my province, and thereafter make recommendations, draw the line. That is, in fact, what should have happened many, many years ago when yeah. the column Stanfields marched to the White House. The staff is marched to the White House of a march which I led, and the politicians made it clear then that they are not going to negotiate with gangsters, and the rest is history, my brother. No, I, I completely agree with you. And thank you so much for the awesome work you, you are doing. I mean, in, in correctional services, the books, the stuff that you've, that you've been doing and the, and the work that you've inspired for many of the offenders has, has spoken uh, volumes. I really salute you and really, really honor the work that you do, Miles. Um, Mutubeng, um, you're on air. Matibang. Matibang. Matibang, yes. Uh, my friends, uh, good evening and... Uh, I would like to ask you a question, and yes. please tell me from your own experience. Look, I know if somebody did something wrong, that one has to be punished. And uh, now here he is in prison. Uh, does the government, because I tried to ask this question, and it was on my voice was cut. Uh, does the government take the responsibility to protect that person? Because, I mean, he's been punished already. Uh, at times, I feel bad. When I hear people in prison have been treated badly by other prisoners, there are five other people are injured. Or I just want the truth because I haven't been in prison myself, but I want to understand as to what exactly is happening there. Uh, does the government take full responsibility? If, 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 for instance, he's my relative, he goes in there, sounds, and uh, he comes out dead or something happens in prison, I feel like I can take action against the government. I can sue the government. Tell me from your own experience, what the situation, does the government take full responsibility in as far as the protection is concerned of the prisoners? Thank you. Thank you so much, Mutibank, um, for, that, for that question. Um, and I want to go back to um, Pastor Kurt quickly. We've got, we've, we've got very little time left, um, but I want us to try and, and, and sum up most of of what our, 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 our listeners have been saying and the questions that have been asked by our callers. Sure, I think if I can sum it up, I'll sum it up this way. You know, tonight we're speaking about choices and consequences. And I want to say this about the two, that choices are free, but consequences are demanding. And you must choose whether you want to be the slave to your consequences, because consequences, you don't get to choose how they play out. But you get a choice. Cool. Closing remarks, Lindsay. Um, yes, like Pastor Kurt said, you know, choices are free, consequences are demanding. Um, I found myself in a lot of situations where I just made anything um, a choice and I had to settle the results after it. Okay. Thank you guys for, for this joining us this evening on the Tuesday Takeover on The Viewpoint um, on SAFM. My name is Welcome Vidboy, Director of Bright Spark Foundation SA. 
keep listening to Songhezo. Um, he's going to be back soon and we're going to take it from there. Thank you so much, guys, for giving us an opportunity to talk to you. I really, 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 really enjoyed this evening. We, we're definitely going to be back. Definitely. <laughs>